All right, welcome in, welcome back, I should say, to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, College Basketball Edition. I am A.J. Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. Griffin, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Um, been missing the podcast, got to say. It's been way too uh, way too long of a time without talking to you, A.J., live on recording. Yeah, much like uh, much like college basketball, it's been the pod has been on hiatus, and it's been uh few and far between much like at least good college basketball games but they are back we are starting conference play pretty much everywhere now uh so we're going to see what you know what these teams are made of now that they are done playing patsies and uh i think we've got a really good slate here for for this week so let's or excuse me this weekend let's jump into it and let's start with your alma mater my uh i i my former employer, the University of Texas, minus one, we're going to project at Oklahoma. And I, if you don't mind, I'll start. I usually let Please. you start on Texas games. But I, I think this is, if there's ever a time where Chris Beard's idiotic scheduling bites him, bites Texas in the ass, I think it's this game. To have played zero road games so far this year, and now you've got to go to Norman for the league opener against a massive rival, and Chris Beard isn't even there. Meanwhile, Oklahoma's had 11 days to prepare under Porter Moser. Texas is an absolute mess. They don't know if Beard's going to come back at all. I think that there's a huge edge right now with Oklahoma. Uh, I, I think these offenses are close to even when they're both clicking, although maybe Texas gets a little bit of an edge with their rebounding. I think Texas is the much better defensive team but they weren't giving up 80 points to Rice when Chris Beard was on the sideline either. So this feels like a spot to take advantage of the turmoil and the the question marks surrounding Texas and the fact that they have not hit the road and been in a hostile environment yet. This seems like a bad place to open it up when you've got things going wrong. Uh, I kind of like OU here. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, I as despite a, a Texas degree, um, I generally don't really uh, root for the best. I mean, I root for the basketball team. I want them to win, but I bet against them far more than I ever bet on Texas. And um, I got to say the incredible shooting performances in the last two games against Louisiana Lafayette, um, really good offensive team with no defense and Texas A&M commerce um, can't, I mean, I live in the state of Texas. I'm not sure where Texas A&M Commerce is located. Um, but yeah, don't love as you Commerce, Texas, friend. Come on. Is, is that is that I just thought Texas was the state of commerce, but maybe I've been listening <laughs> to too many campaign <laughs> programs or whatever from uh, Greg Abbott. Uh, That's like a Texas. Dallas area. Like it's it's close to where you live, actually. Ah, well, maybe if I uh, ventured <laughs> out of my cave instead of watching college basketball all day. Uh, and the myriad other sports, then maybe I would have figured that out. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the Chris Beard saga is also insane. And uh, I have a bad feeling he's going to coach again for the University of Texas. And I don't think that that should ever happen. But uh, no one listens to me. So who cares? Um, I don't like Texas at all. I feel like uh, the Chris Beard style was figured out um, because everyone basically adopted it. And then he's had no offensive game plan and I sound like a broken record because that was the same story with Shaka Smart, same story with Rick Barnes. 
Um, unless Marcus Carr is going to drop 33 points in the first half, which I feel like is pretty unlikely after he just did that against the uh, beloved Texas A&M Commerce. Um, I think Oklahoma, I don't know that it's as big of a rivalry in basketball as it is in football, but um, I really like the Oklahoma team. Porter Moser is a great coach who's awesome at getting really easy looks inside on the interior. Um, and Grant Sherfield, I think, is one of the best shooters in all of college basketball that doesn't get enough pubs. So uh, I'm really interested in Oklahoma. Um, hope that they open up an underdog because I will probably play it there. Would you agree that without Beard, it at least through the four-game sample that we've got, it feels like Texas is a better offensive team and a far worse defensive team? Um, I, it's hard to argue with that. Um, the Stanford game that I went to in Dallas was kind of weird. Uh, I got to say a lot of turnovers and, um, I don't know that I was that impressed offensively. And then they played some cream puffs. Ultimately, I, I don't think rice, there's a lot of, I think, expectations for rice coming into a couple seasons ago, and they've never really delivered or, or lived up to that type of level, uh, or at least my expectations for them. So, I wouldn't say that Rodney Terry all of a sudden turned on the offense that Chris Beard was trying to uh, keep as quiet as possible. I think it was just a, a, a nice run of a few games together where some shots went in, and I just don't think that'll happen on the road in conference play. All right, let's move to the Big East. UConn, who in the discussion for best team in the country, I think, uh, we're going to project them minus five at Xavier. It's a big number for anybody going to Cintas. I, I think. X is one of the two teams in the Big East that can even challenge UConn. Uh, and Wednesday's game at home against Nova was the closest win UConn's had all season. They won by eight points. So, But I think that Xavier has a level of physicality that Nova doesn't, and I think you need that to slow down Sonogo. My concern is that the best teams that Xavier's played, Indiana, Duke, Gonzaga, all beat them. But I also think it's important to note that all three of those games were close games. You know, they, they were two points from beating Indiana, four points from beating Gonzaga. It was like seven or eight uh, against Duke. So it's not like they're just getting wiped out by these elite teams. And, you know, this game being at home, I think, gives them a little bit of an edge. And I think that Xavier is going to challenge the Huskies defensively because, if Nova, if Nova had hit some threes, they could have been in that game. I know Xavier's going to hit threes. This is maybe, to me, the most interesting matchup of the weekend because if Nova passes this test, if they win this game, they're probably going to be favored by at least a possession more, or probably more than a possession in every game going forward. I'm going to look to the home dog here in one of the few spots where I think maybe – we're going to, we're going to, I don't want to say that we're going to catch UConn at a, uh, in a lull. I mean, they're undefeated like they're, but coming off the Villanova win, I feel like there's, there's maybe going to be a little bit of a, uh, a hype on them. Uh, obviously again, there's going to be hype on them because they're undefeated, but you're going to pay a little bit of a premium. Uh, and I think Xavier with their home court, I, I'll take five or more, uh, which I think we'll get in this game. What do you think? Yeah, I think we we might get more. Um, we're at a time of the year where um, bowl season's coming to an end. I hope that's been going well for you. Um, but ultimately, it's been one of those things where college basketball has not been the uh, on the front burner for everyone. And I think the more and more exposure that teams like UConn get with more and more eyeballs on the sport, 
Um, that's going to get a lot more bets on favorites. And I feel like if there's ever a time to wait, it is uh, on underdogs, especially unpopular ones, uh, like a home underdog to an undefeated UConn. Uh, that might be the one. And I feel like from I watched the Villanova game, that was a game throughout. Um, maybe in the last couple of minutes, UConn pulled away with some um, fouls and, and all that sort of stuff that happens at the end. But I, I honestly thought UConn might lose that game for a lot of what I saw. And I think UConn's biggest problem is that they have um, some great big guys in Sonogo and uh, the seven footer freshman off the bench. Um, I am losing it. Klingon, I believe. Klingon, Klingon. Yep. Um, really good uh interior players but i think they're going to get have very much trouble on the perimeter sonogo's added a three-point shot this year uh i've still i think seen him shoot more air balls than made threes so far so i'm not sure that that is a uh accomplished thing and the sad part for xavier though is i don't know that they have that mobile four as a big guy but they do have jack nungy and Fremantle, who are both centers that can play on the perimeter. So I feel like it's a really good matchup for Xavier. I mean, it's not great when you have to play a really good team that's been smashing teams for a lot of the season. Um, but Sintas will be crazy. I think Sean Miller is really underrated as a as a coach. Um, he's certainly a great recruiter because he was paying people before he was allowed to. Um, but I think he had this whole back, thing figured out. I, I mean, he he that's the sad part is with high expectations <laughs> at Arizona, he can never get it done. But I think at Xavier, it's a perfect spot for him. He's done really well there in the past. Um, and I I really like this team. And I think UConn is a little bit more flawed than um, I think their record shows. They smashed a bunch of teams. They shot really well from three. I don't think that's going to keep continuing to happen um, on the road in a really tough environment. All right, let's go to the Pac-12 and take a look at Arizona and Arizona State. This is going to be a good game. Um I'll, I'll let you take the lead here is I think Arizona state's one of the most improved teams in the country. Do you think they're improved enough to hang with their in-state rivals? I do not. Um, I think Arizona state is, I mean, we talked about this last night uh, separately about St. John's. I feel like they are one of those teams that I just don't think I could ever feel good about having a bet on um, the style that Bobby Hurley plays. If you want to call it a style is just chaos um, and I don't think that's really a way to beat good basketball teams. It's a, certainly a way to use your athleticism and potentially just out athlete um, lower teams and the patsies that you'd mentioned as a schedule um, that finally is coming to an end as, as all these teams are entering into conference play either this weekend or next week. Um, I think Arizona State can beat anybody if they play really well, but you could say that about any team in this country. Uh, I don't think they have really any chance of stopping the Arizona bigs. Certainly there are crazy things that happen in the state rivalries. Um, and this should be a pretty good environment though. I gotta say uh, new year's Eve. I don't know how many Arizona state students will be back. Um, I, I'm not like I, I do downgrade home, home court advantage a little bit um, until students are back in classes, which is another couple weeks from now. Certainly you could see some people coming back in uh, traveling in, but I feel like Arizona state has a ton of out of state students and I hate to bring it down to that type of level, but I do believe that students and their noise levels are uh, much bigger than the, the donors boosters and all those sort of things. So crazy student environment to me adds a couple points for home court advantage. I don't think they'll have that. And ultimately I just don't think they can compete with Arizona. Yeah, I kind of I tend to agree. And a lot of it is like how they've pushed themselves so far. And uh, Arizona State has a win on their resume that really impresses me. And I say really impresses me. It kind of impresses me. The win that they had early, like mid-November against Michigan, 
They and not because Michigan's any great shakes, but because they just dog stomped them. The win that they got right before, I guess not right before the break, but I, uh, I guess it's been a couple weeks ago now against Creighton. I I think there's a grain of salt you have to take with that because there was no Kalkbrenner in that game, and they won that game by two points. You can't tell me if Ryan Kalkbrenner was on the floor that that they don't that Creighton doesn't win that game. And then the last we saw them right before the break, they just got absolutely smashed by San Francisco. And this is the same San Francisco team that like lost at home to UT Arlington and uh, got smashed by Davidson. Like that's a, a weird result to lose by almost 40 points to San Francisco is it's kind of frustrating and perplexing. Arizona, like all, if you say, well, what, what, and by the way, Arizona beat Creighton full strength, uh, but, and they beat Indiana, they beat Tennessee. The, the only thing you can say about Arizona is, well, they, they got blown out at Utah and Utah is, there's elevation. It's a tough place to play. If you're not used to it, that's their one loss. Like it seems like when they lost and maybe because the fashion that they lost that game, it turned a lot of people off of Arizona, but I'm still pretty high on this team. I, I think in this matchup, they're going to get what they want inside. Uh, and they are going to push the pace at, I think, a level that Arizona State's going to be uncomfortable and just have a hard time keeping up. So I'm with you. I, it, it, Arizona State's been good defensively, but I think that a lot of that has to do with who they've played. And I think in this matchup, it just it overwhelms them. So... Uh, I'll be looking at the road favorite as well. All right, last one of our big games here. Let's look at Baylor at Iowa State. And this one, what what was the number that you you thought like when you did your your guess? What 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 you project this might be? I think I gave you Baylor minus four. I was going between three and four. Okay, and Ken Palm has this at one. Baylor minus one on the road. Uh, I ended up splitting the difference and going with Baylor minus two. But it, it like minus one feels very light to me too. Uh, it, it, although Baylor's another team that it seems like the the general market has kind of soured on, you know, like it, and the, the losses that they have uh, to Virginia and then at Marquette. I don't know that those are any you know terrible losses. Um, but regardless, Iowa State, we know it's a tough place to go play, um, and. Iowa State again undefeated at home this year so far. What do you see as far as the matchups uh, in this one that's going to give somebody an edge? So Ken Palm to me is always overrated defensive teams, especially ones that play at a, a really slow pace. I think that's why Wisconsin is always like two seeds better, seed lines better uh, on Ken Palm than they are on other sites. Uh, but I will admit that Bartorvik has uh, this one as a. Point four spread. Um, so Baylor being a really slight favorite on the road at Iowa State. Um, as you mentioned, the the home court advantage and Hilton Magic is an insane place to go try to win games. I feel like um, it's taken a couple steps back in the last few years because they were so bad. But TJ Osselberger was so good last year for Iowa State, really coming out of nowhere, I think, to make the Sweet 16, if I remember correctly. And I think what you see from Iowa State is an awesome defense. Um, my question and, and I guess my concern with Iowa State, they did add some really good transfers. I think grabbing two of them from St. Bonaventure, um, just raiding Olean, New York. Uh, sorry to, to everyone, all the Bonnies that are out there. 
I'm sure they're drinking a ton of beer to get over it. But um, I, I think from where I sit with, with Iowa State, they're a great defense. I really struggle to see how they're going to score. Now, when you look at Baylor, they have been the best team over the last four or five years, probably in all of college basketball, which I don't think anybody would have expected that they added a, a five-star um, who's likely one and done Keontae George. And they still have some really good guards like LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler um, plus added a West Virginia transfer. So they've gotten um, maybe a little bit worse because they're not the most dominant team in basketball like they have been, but they're still really good. Um, and I don't know that I really want to fade a team that's coached by Scott Drew, um, he had a lot of naysayers for a long time and when he rebuilt this program, but they are about as flawless as, as anyone out there. Um, this is a, a, a game I really want to watch um, because I think either team can win this one. I would lean to the home dog if I had to pick a side, um, but I'm really trying not to fade really great teams like Baylor. Yeah, I uh, I would probably lean to Baylor, and I, I don't have a lot more to add because what you said about Baylor was basically what I was saying. I'm not sure where the uh where the rush is to to write this team off uh it it seems odd to me uh that that a team that like you said has been so good for so long like no one's doing that with Gonzaga Gonzaga's lost some games this year and no one's like well they stink now it it's it's a weird thing and maybe it's just because at this point people but i would think at this point people would expect Baylor to be good um so it's it's not like it's uh, it's it's some sort of weird thing that that Baylor's good like they're a surprise and they lost a couple games we told you so no Baylor's established and I feel like we've got to be able to give them some like no it's rare for a team to go through their their non-conference and not have any missteps the the loss at Marquette where they I mean they really did just get kind of worked in that game but I, I don't know. It, it feels like it, coming off Thanksgiving break, I, I'm not, and with Gonzaga on deck, I'm not going to fault them too much for it. I just think they're the better team. Uh, I, I think that they can overcome Hilton magic, as they say. Uh, and I, I think, like you said, the guard play, it, particularly in, in this matchup, uh, because Iowa State thrives off turnovers, and I don't think Baylor's going to give the ball away. Uh, to Iowa State, and that's why I would lean towards the Bears. All right, let's get to our best bets. Um, before break, it's been a while since we had best bets. Uh, you had a winner with Miami, uh, yeah. right? Right before we got out of here, I ended up with a really kind of a, a dick punch push with uh, uh, fading Lamar and. I had said, you know, this this was a a blowout. There's no chance they can hang with Pacific. They're terrible. And for most of the game, it looked like I was absolutely right. Pacific had a 60 to 36 lead in that game in the second half. They won by nine points. We push. So not a uh, not a great result when you were wiping the floor with this Lamar team. But I guess kudos to them for getting back. I should have known to fade them or fading them back to back pods was a bad call, but uh, I'll take the lead if you don't mind. No, and no, I no. Will... I, I do mind. Let me first give a promo code and, and also oh. and also for our Lamar. You know, all it did is that huge comeback. It's increased their ratings on Ken Palm and other websites, so it's just going to give us more opportunity to fade the Lamar Cardinals going forward. But okay, 
before we get there, before we get to best bets, this is, I, I guess, an awkward tease in the biz, but uh, I'm not really in the biz, so we'll see. Um, but use the promo code RING20 because we're all either shopping for engagement rings. No, we're probably not doing that. But we're all looking for uh, diamond ring. I don't know what we're doing. I think we're ring ringing 20. in the new year. Oh, ring in the new year. Maybe the basketball ring if we're uh, talking about uh, Ted Cruz. I think that was way back when. <laughs> um, yeah, make sure you put the ball in biscuit in the basket or the ball in the basketball ring. Ring 20, 20% off for all listeners of this college basketball podcast. It's good for seven days from the podcast relief. So you have all the way into 2023. Save yourself 20% off uh, my picks that come out each night. AJ's as well. Uh, plenty of other great handicappers getting you through all the rest of the bowl season, uh, also the NFL season, which feels like every quarterback is deciding to quit the team this week. Um, but come on in, ring 20, get 20% off, and I'll let you take it away, AJ. All right, let's go to the Mountain West, and I'm going to go with New Mexico. Four-point favorites at Wyoming. And you may be thinking, but AJ, you loved Wyoming last year, and boy, did I. I was... I think I was maybe early to the party on Jeff Linder, uh, and he made us a lot of money on this podcast. But unfortunately, his team stinks now. Uh, their best win so far is Louisiana Tech. And shockingly, losing yesterday to the crummy Fresno State Bulldogs, it's not even their worst loss because they lost at home to Southeast Louisiana earlier in the year. I think the problem the problems are there's a couple of them. They're playing slower than last year. Worse on offense, but way worse on defense. If you're going to be slow, you can't really be a bad defensive team. And right now they're a bad defensive team. But I think the biggest issue is that life without Graham EK is just a sad life for Wyoming. And on the other side, I think the Lobos are for real. Um, Yesterday, they were... All the money was coming in on Colorado State. Nobody wanted to back the Lobos. That I, I think it, the line moved like four points towards Colorado State from the open. And New Mexico said, okay. And they went out and just hammered Colorado State. Uh, they beat Iona. They beat San Francisco. They won at St. Mary's. This team doesn't turn the ball over. They get to the line constantly. And they, most importantly in this matchup, they don't give up second chance opportunities, which is key against Wyoming, who is about as old school of a team as as you can imagine. They're not looking to score at all in transition. And New Mexico crashes the glass. So I don't know where the Cowboys get their points from. I think New Mexico handles them uh, even on the road. So New Mexico minus four at Wyoming. Uh, I would play it up to five what do you think i mean good for richard patino uh got a got a win over his dad to avenge his uh his dad in that restaurant in louisville um so you know good for him good for the family all that sort of stuff i i don't know really what's happened uh but i i gotta say i don't want to go to a party if grammy k is not invited and it involves <laughs> so um i'm gonna take uh for my best bet i think i've won three in a row so i'm gonna try to keep this going probably gonna get the interns to check the stats just to make sure but I really like the Clemson Tigers. Uh, this is a Friday game. So we already have a line out for that one. And I just want to confirm it didn't move from when I looked at it before the pod. Uh, currently, looks like a two-point favorite. Uh, maybe some one and a half, some two and a half out there as well. Lines are early because we're recording this Thursday evening. Um, a little bit earlier in, in the window than we normally do. But um, I like Clemson. I feel like they've played a really great 
um, style of basketball for home games. Um, they have really mobile bigs that can play on the perimeter, but also inside. And I feel like NC state is a strong team with a coach that is looking to try to keep his, his job. And they've done a Kevin Keats is off to a great start with NC state doing that. I just, I don't see NC state as a team that can go on the road and, and really um, cause problems for Clemson in a way that you would need to in order to win there. I think Clemson's an underrated home team. I feel like their home crowds a little bit more than you'd expect from a football centric school. Uh, and I think Clemson laying less than a possession is a little bit too cheap for me. So I'll go Clemson minus two uh, Friday night against NC state. All right. Yeah, I, I like it as well. So it's a, a couple of best bets for you right there. And the four biggest games of the weekend, we are back in the flow, uh, which means we will have another episode just like this one on Sunday night going into Monday morning. So uh, best of luck to you guys this weekend. Don't forget to use that promo code. And uh, thanks for waiting it out for us. And uh, it's good to be back. Griffin, hope you had a, a great Christmas and hope you have a great new year. And uh, I will talk to you on Sunday, friend. <laughs>